Hello, and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of Lord of the Rings. My name is Anna. And my name is Ellen. And in today's episode, we are discussing Book 2, Chapter 5, The Bridge of Khazad-dûm, Exploring Leadership in Community. Anna, how are you doing today? I feel like we have not been recording for a minute, and I'm so excited to get back into our virtual studios and hit another chapter with you. I know. I am equally excited as well as trying to remember how any of this recording process works. So looking (laughs) very forward to sort of dusting off the figurative and metaphorical cobwebs and jumping into this chapter because so much happens! So much happens. This is a very juicy chapter. I am looking forward to discussing this. And you know what? We got a little we got a little treat for the listeners today. We got a little something extra special. Should we should we tell them what it is? I think we should. Yes. So today we are joined by special guest Jesse, who is calling us from Colorado. Jesse, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> welcome to the pod. How are you? Thank you so much. I am doing wonderful today. Thank you. Can I, this is really more for Anna. Anna, might I read to you the text message that Jesse sent to me when I <laughs> asked him if he would like to be on this podcast? Um, I would love nothing more. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. So I text Jesse, hey, what's up? We're doing this this chapter. Bridge of Casa Doom, would you like to be on the episode? And he responds, Bridge of Casa Doom, also known as Durin's Bridge on the East Gate of Moria, destroyed in the Third Age, January 3019, by the Balrog, known also as Durin's Bane, when he attempts to cross to fight Gandalf and follow the Fellowship? Yes, I'd love to. Wow. <laughs> I've never felt less qualified to talk about this book than after you've read this text like should jesse be the other host of this <laughs> i thought i had a correction also because i remembered that the bridge was not made in the first age it was actually made in year of the trees 1025 oh, oh i'm so sorry so correction on that part but um <laughs> yes i love lord of the rings <laughs> Well, we love talking about Lord of the Rings with people that we love, and that would be you. So thank you for joining us today. And you are going to be telling us a story. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear what your relationship is with the Lord of the Rings. You obviously have a lot of knowledge, but how did you come to find this story? I am obsessed. Uh, I would say I have a healthy obsession, maybe. But I started back in about 2001 when the Fellowship of the Rings movie first came out. And then ever since the Return of the King film came out, I've been watching the extended editions, I would say about two to three times a year all the way through. That's like a 24-hour commitment. Oh, it is an investment. Oh, yes. Just to center yourself and really, yeah. you know, take stock of the year, you know, commit yourself to this 24-hour marathon. I tell myself, you know, I'm going to have the time, so I'm going to be sitting on the couch for the next... 24 hours and I will not be moving until I finish all of these films. So today's chapter, we are going to be talking about leadership and specifically leadership in community. Jesse, did you bring a story for us today on this topic? Yes, I did. So leadership to me means taking on more of a mentorship role. I started taking on a lot more tutoring, mentoring, and teaching roles in high school and college. 
uh, focusing mainly on students with disabilities and minority students. And one of my favorite memories is when I was in college, I was tutoring statistics and also joined a multicultural tutoring group where I've worked one-on-one -on -one with minority students who were struggling with math and reading. And most of these students were from homes where their parents didn't speak any English, so they needed more academic help. And so I would go from teaching college students statistics um, with some sessions and then do one-on-one -on -one sessions with this multicultural group. And I remember going one day into the classroom and one of my students comes up to me and asks that he needs help with his homework and shows me his math homework and it was long division. And I don't know if you guys have been doing long division and at all recently or in your adult lives, but I looked at it and I had absolutely no memory of this. Yeah, none whatsoever. So all I remember off the top of my head is there's like a divot and then there's a bar that goes across somewhere, but I could not tell you for the life of me where the numbers go. So I had to watch YouTube videos for about 15 minutes to try and learn how to do long division again. And I'm thinking in my head, how can I go from tutoring college level statistics and then not be able to tutor the student on basic elementary grade math problems? But we worked at it for about a week and a half for his math homework so that he, he could prepare for his test. The next big test that he was nervous for was coming up. And I remember the tutoring session we had next was the day after his test. And so I met him outside of the school bus and I see him like struggling to get off the bus and he just runs off this bus and almost falls and he's sprinting toward me, waving this paper in his hand and he's shouting, Jesse, Jesse, look at this. And I was thinking to myself, okay, cool. He like probably got a couple questions right because we worked so hard on this. He had aced this test that he was so nervous for. Wow. And I was just like, I am so proud of you. And I gave him this huge hug and I picked him up and it was just this big moment where I really felt like he needed this big win for himself. And so that's really where I see myself taking more of a leadership role is when I get to mentor um, in different opportunities and for different kids. It's really not somewhere where I provide a figure of authority for them or like where I'm really in charge, but it's somewhere where I can really provide guidance and motivation to help them achieve something and especially something that they didn't think they could do on their own. That is such a nice story. I wanted to ask you to be on this podcast for this episode because when I think of somebody who really embodies, you know, that sort of servant leadership or, or leading by example, you, you're one of the first people to come to mind. I remember when you, what was the, the name of the award? Rookie of the Year that yes. you got. Yes! <laughs> At summer camp, as a camp counselor, your first year, because the way that you, you interact with and lead children is just really admirable. And your story, I think, illustrates that well. Thank you. I also liked the parallel of you responding to long division as Gandalf does to the choice of the three doorways. <laughs> I have no memory of this place. It was just that confusing meme where the lady has like the math equations in yes. her head, but I had yeah. no math equations. It was just, I was like trying to picture where the numbers go and I was like, I can't fake this to the student because he's going to fail. <laughs> One of the questions that I had was completing that idea of, of what leadership looks like. Was there someone who really embodied that level of leadership or mentorship for you, Jesse? Or how did you come to that definition? So when I think of a mentor in my life, the first person that I think was really impactful for me was a teacher in middle school. Uh, her name is Mrs. Schneider. And she was the one who really pushed me to do music. I was really shy in middle school and I was really scared of singing in front of crowds or really anyone hearing me sing. And so she really kind of helped me burst out of my shell. She gave me a lot of solo opportunities. She put me in all these choir classes. Um, she even pushed me to join the high school show choir when I was in eighth grade. Aww. 
And so she definitely was a person I think of all the time when people ask, oh, like, who do you think about um, was a leader or a mentor in your life? It was definitely her as the first person who really, really um, impacted my life like that. God bless teachers. They are doing they are doing some impactful work for young people. When, when you're a successful teacher, and in Jesse's case, when he's a successful mentor, that's such a wonderful opportunity to create community amongst the students and, and in that way, or the way that I remember it, Jesse with the, at the bunkhouse at camp, really building community there with all of the, the children. So it's a, it's a key role and, and one that, that you step into well. Thank you, Jesse, for coming on and sharing your story. We will come back and visit with you in a little bit to hear your action item. Anna, I am so excited to transition into talking about this chapter because just like last week, there is a lot going on at this point. Do you want to run us through some of the highlights from the chapter? Yes. So there is a lot. I'm going to try and touch on just the main points. So here's what has happened thus far. We left our heroes right in in the chamber of Balin's tomb, essentially. And so a book is found there in describing a vicious orc attack in that same room quite ominous for our heroes. Um, And then as they wrap up the reading of this book, orcs come and attack the company. So all of a sudden these orcs are coming out of nowhere and it becomes this very intense, I would say, first battle with like actual, I don't know, actual armed enemies and not just against like a mountain. So then a battle ensues and a lot of things happen, but perhaps most importantly, Frodo is struck by an orc chieftain, but he is secretly wearing his mithril, and that saves him. The company escapes, and so then they begin to very quickly wind their way through Moria. But within reach of the exit on the other side, the orcs reemerge, and they have with them this, like, major fire creaturey thing called a balrog. And so Gandalf decides to take on the Balrog for the good of the company, and he breaks the bridge so that the Balrog can't pursue them. The Balrog falls, but has a fiery whip that it cracks. And then that gets Gandalf by the leg, and the Balrog pulls Gandalf into the pit, and the company, shocked and devastated, but still in peril, is led out of the mines of Moria by Aragorn. And that is how our chapter ends. Fly, you fools! That's right. So we get two of the most notable quotes from Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. We get, you cannot pass from Gandalf, and fly, you fools, also from Gandalf, both on the same page. Yeah, I, uh, such, such a good scene. It really is one that sticks with me both the way that it's described in the book and then of course watching it in the movie Mm -hmm. and actually for me the scariest part for me from this chapter is the line we cannot get out we cannot get out yes and that one oh when they're like we're just we're stuck underground we can't get out they're at us from all sides i think that is just horrifying 
Absolutely. And and to have kind of this, the drums from beneath, so sort of this like unspoken but ominous, almost heartbeat. Yeah. Of the of the mines is just such an intense introduction to mm-hmm. our first battle scene. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's terrifying, and it's so good. So given that is what happens in the chapter, where did you see examples of today's theme? So what I liked about Jesse's story was that he talked about servant leadership and how leaders, leadership by, by mentoring and that sort of more emotional side of being a leader as opposed to just being the one in charge and giving direction. And I saw that in the chapter, actually, from somebody who has passed on, Balin. He leads the dwarves back to Moria. And as we've discovered here his tomb, Gimli is so moved by the death of this dwarf that he lingers by his tomb, even as all of the orcs are bearing down on the company and they are in imminent peril. And so from those two moments I think we can surmise that he must have been a really great leader to have inspired such love and devotion amongst his followers that they would come with him on this very perilous journey and then even in death uh, are loath to leave leave him. The other example that I found was on page 363 and on that page Aragorn and Gandalf are sort of at odds with each other in dispensing leadership. So on that page, Aragorn says, Slam the doors and wedge them. Keep your packs on as long as you can. We may get a chance to cut our way out yet. And then Gandalf responds, No, we must not get shut in. Keep the east door ajar. And they defer to Gandalf. And I just thought that it was interesting here that these two leaders... And and these two men who have such innate leadership ability and and do inspire the love and devotion of people who follow them, that there is still a deference to one over the other. And we defer to Gandalf here and and the tactics that that he lays out. I think that's such an interesting portion, too, because for me, that I had such a trouble understanding what was even happening in the room at the time. Mm. Like, okay, so there are two exits, it appears. One is sort of the primary one where the orcs are showing up. Is there a secondary one? It seems like that kind of leads them back into the main hall. Like, just trying to get even a structure of the space itself was very confusing. So this feels like the pace of the conversation and sort of this deference to decision-making feels that much more, like, the danger feels so much more heightened to me. Yeah, there's no time to weigh our choices. Thinking of last week's episode, in this moment, there's no time for Aragorn and Gandalf to do more than one back and forth. Like, we need to make a choice, we need to defer to the leader, and Gandalf says, let's keep that door open because we don't want to do what the dwarves did before us and, and get shut in and there's no way out. And it, it's mm-hmm. just an, an interesting moment there that does really add to the, the drama and the, the heightened emotion of that scene. 
And I think it's a big, it's a big lesson for us to learn as well that leadership can also look like knowing when to move on from Mm -hmm. the decision, right? So Aragorn is not caught up in the ego of having made the decision, but instead acknowledges that this is the choice that we're making. I may not even agree with it, but let's do that and let's keep moving because time is of the essence. And I think, I think that's something that's often overlooked. Yeah, that, that, that's true. He does show good leadership there and saying, okay, not my idea, but let's do it. <laughs> right. We have no, like you said, we have no time to debate about mm-hmm. this. So fine, let's do it. Great. Doors open. <laughs> so, and speaking of the way that the room is set up, I kind of imagine that this East Store that they flee out of is more of a, like a back stair because we talk about later Gandalf falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of two instances where the company is fleeing and Gandalf insists upon standing alone against the pursuit. Mm-hmm. In both of those instances, there is a little bit of pushback, more so in the second one than the first one with uh, Aragorn and Boromir, you know, drawing their swords and wanting to stand against the Balrog with with Gandalf. But mm-hmm. his leadership is so complete and their trust is absolute that they do allow him to stand alone and make the the choice for the the community here that here's what's best for our company and it's for you all to keep going and i will give you time it's also really interesting because i think gandalf kind of understands himself to have skills maybe beyond what any one person can contribute certainly yeah, Aragorn is a great swordsman, but he can't do magic. Right. So it feels like his his responsibility is proportionate to his his skills, his mm-hmm. his available methods of defense. And I think that's also really important because in that moment, you know, maybe Boromir and, and Aragorn would kind of characterize that as a selfish choice by Gandalf, but to me it feels a very lonely choice mm-hmm. because he is in he is in possession of things that allow him to sort of stand alone in a way that no one else in the company, at least I perceive, has the ability to do given this imminent threat. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think his skill plus his leadership Ability is the wrong word, but yeah, responsibility that he has here. He does have to make that lonely choice and step forward and say, well, go on without me. I will mm-hmm. I will hold off the pursuit. That's right. So the last one that I wanted to bring up is on page 371. And it's a quote from Aragorn. And this is right after the company has watched... Gandalf fall into the abyss and he has his fly you fools moment as he's tumbling into the darkness with the Balrog and Aragorn says quote come I will lead you now he called we must obey his last command follow me and he's so he so confidently steps into leading this group immediately after a horrible shock and this like really traumatic moment there's no like, oh no, what do we do now? We're without our leader and we're in hot pursuit. He just, he knows to step in and do it. And I wonder, is it because him and Gandalf talked about this possibility beforehand and sort of had it as a succession plan that should something happen to me, you are in charge of leading? 
Or, you know, is there something innate in Aragorn that is just, well, I have the next highest level of skill or something like that that calls him to stand up and and take on the role as guide? Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if it's maybe a both and that because Aragorn as ranger, as strider, right, has like been in pretty intense situations previously that have maybe been uh, a base to have then the ability to step into a leadership that Gandalf has selected him as kind of like the next in line and so has been kind of consulting with him and and feeding off of his knowledge about how to go and where to go and 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 I'm making that distinction because Boromir obviously also has like battle experience we perceive or has some level of leadership, but it's still Boromir not... would say he has more battle experience. Right. That's exactly right. But there's something about like Aragorn's experience in particular, which lends him maybe some credibility beyond beyond what Boromir brings to the table, and that's what allows Gandalf to sort of rely on him more heavily than some of the other members of the company. I think he also has the trust of the group. Mm-hmm. Like, if Boromir tried to step forward, I don't know that he's quite won over the Hobbits or Legolas or Gimli at this point. And the same reason why I don't think someone like Legolas would step up. Like, he does not yet have the command of the group mm-hmm. in a way that Aragorn does. And I'm trying... To, it's It's hard to nail down exactly why that is. And it's probably a multitude of reasons. Like, he's very competent he is royal like if that matters to the people of middle earth he has that air of legitimacy mm-hmm. but he he really is sort of the only other choice i guess from that group to lead on yeah and he seems he seems to have some interdisciplinary expertise as to those that are in the group right mm-hmm. like he's built relationships with the hobbits and getting them to rivendell He's familiar with the Elvish people and has, if not credibility, familiarity with them to the extent where he can be pretty culturally responsive to to their method of communication and to leading them. I don't know quite about, you know, Gimli, like it doesn't quite seem like he has that that dwarvish interaction as much, but like again, maybe through his travels, He's had some experience or a little bit of a learning ability with each of these groups of people so that he can then be that much more aware of how to lead this group. Right. Yeah, I do think it would have been easier. Gimli could have been like, I have, I know the way out of the mine. I am, I am the dwarf. But Mm -hmm. I, I guess with all of the reasons you just stated of his interdisciplinary abilities etc he's he's next and he does he does a good job of getting everybody out and and moving them them through to safety so well done strider did you have any examples that you wanted to bring or no those i think those are the options i did have a question for you though yeah my question is this knowing what we know about the chapter is there one person Famous or not, fictional or not, who you would definitely follow into Moria. Mm. And it can't be Gandalf. Oh, I was going to say, it's kind of Gandalf or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Get uh, over, get out. <laughs> yeah, because like even Aragorn, he, he doesn't have any way to light our way through. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is a deep cut. Mm-hmm. There is a person that I went to high school and middle school and elementary school with. We were friends throughout that time. And she was the first person I knew to go spelunking. And we went cave diving together. She has a headlamp and she's cool under pressure. And I don't know where she lives anymore. We don't really keep up, but that is the person that I would choose (laughs) to lead me through. That's fair. If you're listening, it's you. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a good choice. Yeah. Who would you pick? I think it's Minerva McGonagall. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even (laughs) think about that. Oh, that's Uh, a great choice. But like maybe for the same reasons as the other than she doesn't have a headlamp. Like just like cool under pressure, (laughs) good at corralling kind of a disparate group of people. She moves with an assuredness that just lets you know who's in charge. I think Mm -hmm. it's Minerva. Yep. Mm. Great choices. Great choices all around. (laughs) I think this was a really productive conversation. Shall we go back and visit with Jesse to hear what his action item is for today? Yes, let's let's chat and see what he has for us. Jesse, what action item do you have regarding leadership and community? So an action item I have for your listeners would be to think about someone that you looked up to for inspiration or mentorship, and do you see some of their traits in you today? And take a moment to really appreciate their help and be proud of how far you've come because of them and because of yourself, because I think we all get lost thinking that we have to make all these really big victories or have life-changing experiences all the time, but making it through day-to-day and taking a moment to appreciate how far that you've come from where you started is really impactful. and. I'm really proud of you, and I think everyone should be proud of themselves, too, because you're living your life the way you want right now, and that's something to be celebrated. Thank you, Jesse. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Just proud all around. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, thank you, Anna, for that discussion. Thank you, Jesse, for that action item. And I'm just really grateful to have the three of us together virtually for this podcast. It's, it's been lovely. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Servant of the Secret Fire, reminding you that you cannot pass. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in fellowship. Great job, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We did it! We did it! We lost Ellen, I think. Oh, no. Well, bye, Ellen. (laughs) 